How you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Pretty Little Riverdale uh, podcast. This is our recap of the Riverdale show on the CW. On the line tonight is not going to be the normal people that you would hear on the Brothers Comics podcast. Uh, this kind of came together organically as I was talking about my love for Archie, and I happened to come upon two people on Twitter that love Archie as much as I do. On the line tonight... Um, we have Cetaline. Cetaline, say what's happening. Hey, this is Cetaline, and I love Archie. That's right. All right, we all do. And also on the line tonight from uh, the country up north that we haven't pissed off yet, it is uh, <laughs> Cecily. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm Cecily, and I I love Archie, even those horrible um, Christian comics that they did in the 70s. Ooh, man, we can get into that, too. All right. And, yeah, so let's kind of do that really quick as uh, before we get into the episodes of Riverdale. Just kind of where did you come about, like, Cecily, when did you kind of discover Archie and how long you've been I'm, with I'm, it? I'm the baby of the family. I have eight brothers and sisters. And so one of my oldest sisters always read, like, Archie comics, and she read Mad Magazine. And then when she was done with it, she would always, let like, leave them laying around. Um, and then I would just pick them up and, and start reading them. And um, that's really where I got started. And not, and being, you know, around seven, six or seven years old and being fascinated by teenagers, but being, you know, really shy and not really wanting to ask any questions, I just started reading and, and falling into that world. And it's just something that never really went away. Um, I never, I didn't, I think after a certain age, I stopped reading the individual issues. I would just pick up their digest at the grocery store now and again. But in the last, I'll say five years or so ago, when they started doing the, uh, the Life of Archie comics, when they were a little bit older and Archie and all the other characters had to make all of these different choices in their lives, I really got into them. Um, and then I really got into the, the horror comics, like, in the last couple of years. So um, I, I can't think of a, a point in my life at which Archie was never really there. I even remember the um, they did, like, a really terrible TV movie, I think, in the late 80s, early 90s, with all the characters supposedly in their 40s. Yes, Return to Riverdale. Yes, yes Return to Riverdale. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's always it's been a part of my life. Right. Okay. Excellent. Uh, I got we we'll as we continue this series, we'll talk about Archie Digest and the stacks of them that I have in this house. Cetaline, uh, <laughs> when did you come upon Archie? Uh, I would have to say my dad read Archie, and like Cecily said, he would leave them laying around, and I'd pick them up and I'd read them because I was a daddy's girl and I wanted to be like him. But really, spending the summers at my grandma's house, she had all of these libraries of books, and she had a whole shelf of Archie. So I got to read all the Archies that my dad read growing up, and then we would buy them together and read them. And then when I became a mom, two of my goals were to, one, get my kids hooked on Star Wars, and two, getting them to read (laughs) Archie comics. So all three love Star Wars, all three love Archie, 
we are really classic Archie readers. We still have the Archies that I read as a little girl, that my dad read as a little girl. They're in my kids' rooms right now, not being too destroyed, but we have bookshelves full of Archie. Right. I was quite successful getting my kids into um, Star Wars. Not so much with Archie. Um, And I tried. I'm not going to lie to you. I tried really, really hard. Uh, My son rejects it like vegetables. Um, (laughs) And and my daughter tried a little bit. But um, it it never it never took like I mean I How tried really really How can they really not hard. love it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. And then I came to Archie uh, probably around eight or nine or so, and somebody just kind of had them laying around, and I just picked it up. And I've always I mean there's never been a time like uh, Cecily was saying there's never been a time where Archie hasn't been in my life to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I, I just constantly I mean I still I mean the other day I picked up a Digest at the grocery store and they're like. Nam six dollars now, and I still. I know. Them. Yeah, I mean they're so. They're to be a dollar ninety five. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so I was just like, man, you know, it's always been there, and you know, with this show coming on, you know, it's kind of brought it back to the forefront, at least for mm-hmm. me. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get into that here probably uh, as we go through the episode a bit. All right, so, um, and I, you know, and see here, I'm going to get tracked back real quick, real quick. When you heard about this show coming out. What were your initial thoughts? Uh, let's I go, Cecily. Go ahead. Wait, what's your thoughts? Oh. What were your um, initial my, thoughts on the show? My initial thought, just geek. Sure. Uh, because I, yes, because I had been, I was hoping that when I saw that Roberto Aguirre Sacasa was attached to it, that it was going to inhabit and have the same kind of feel as the horror comics, especially when people were saying that it's more of a dark and twisty uh, kind of Riverdale. So I was just geeked and super excited that they were bringing it to TV. Okay. How about you, Cicely? Um, I was really excited. I saw about it. I saw it on Twitter. Um, I was. I didn't know what to expect. I guess I was expecting hijinks and shenanigans, and you know, the Archie of my youth. And and when I saw the commercials, I was like, mm, "This is not the Archie of my youth." <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, my initial thought when I heard about it was, I was like, "Oh, it's going to kind of play off this the the new Mark Wade Archie book." Yeah, uh, which is brilliant. Which which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this will this yes, I could live with this version. It's not too hokey. It's more modernized. This is whatever. I'm 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 really excited. And then the trailer came out. And then like the name of this podcast, I was like, oh, this is Pretty Little Liars, just with Archie people in it. And mm-hmm. not that I don't not that I dislike Pretty Little Liars. I really like Pretty Little Liars, but I didn't know that I needed my Archie people in Pretty Little Liars. Um, so. I came in it a little reticent, um, and we're actually we're going to get into this here in a second as we go through the recaps for the episode, uh, episode one. Um, but yeah, I, I came in with a little apprehensive because with something that's been with you for such a long time, you kind of get protected and guarded of it. You know, you want it to be respected and treated fairly, and I was a little concerned that they wouldn't do that. Um, so that's kind of where I was coming in with this episode. All right. Yeah, so I, ha- I have to. Go ahead. I have to say one thing about that. I felt like I was turning into one of those 
ashy cannon boys who were like, it has to be this way. You can't change Archie. And I really had to check myself with that because I was like, I'm going to hate it. Right. And you know what? And there is that aspect of it too thinking like you know what you become yeah what's that line from batman you live long enough to become the villain um you know and now i'm the (laughs) the canon person worried about what's happening with archie comics um so all right so the pilot premiered and and we'll talk about this when we get to the ratings later on you know it premieres up against um what's the show with viola davis um, uh, how to get, get away murder? with murder? How to get away with murder, and probably worse yet, the new edition uh, biopic on PET. Uh, so it opens up like against you know two things that are going to pull some viewers away. Um, the first title of the episode was titled "Teenage Wasteland," not pilot, which is interesting. Uh, most of them mm-hmm. always title the first episode pilot. Teenage Wasteland. What was your thoughts on the first episode you know kind of going through i have some like kind of highlight points that we can talk about but what was your overall impression after the first episode I wasn't, I, w- I wasn't sure at first um it was definitely an introduction to all of the characters we got to see how some of the characters have been updated how um some things in their personas have been you know changed a little bit um you know, right away we get the murder that happens and we get to see all of a sudden Archie has a six-pack and Archie's not clumsy <laughs> anymore and Archie's really hot and, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things. And um, I don't want to talk about Miss Grundy yet, but... Yeah, it's um, coming. I was, I, was, I was intrigued. It, didn't, it definitely didn't make me want to turn the TV off. Okay. Cecily? I just, I got really sucked in by the visuals um, where, because, you know, they, they did a lot of really beautiful cinematography and it's filmed where, you know, where I live in a, in a suburb of where I live, of the city where I live here in Vancouver. And oh, okay. so I'm looking at it and I'm trying to find if these are places that I recognize because typically when I watch any of the CW superhero shows, I'm like, oh yeah, that's where I work. Or where I work, but this is nothing like where I work or where I live. Um, they film this like out in the suburbs and out in the country. And so the cinematography, like the scene of the very, near the very beginning, with Jason and Cheryl and White walking down to the river's edge, hand in hand, um, just the cinematography of that was just so beautiful. Um, and then I really started thinking about the characterization, and there was. You know, the fact that Veronica is now Latina, um, the fact that everybody in Josie and the Pussycat uh, is now black, that, that's important. But the thing that really got me um, is I started paying attention to Kevin Keller, who is a newer character. I think Kevin's right. really been around for like the last six years or so. Um, yeah. And Kevin is like the complete antithesis of what you see of gay male characters on television. Usually gay male characters on television are really, really sexless. Um, they are pretty much just only there for a comic relief um, or they're very, very serious because, you know, representation matters and all that kind of stuff. And they have blown that out of the water. I mean, this is a sexy show, but so far the character that's getting, getting it the most is Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's unapologetic about it. Like he's just right. like labels, what labels? I don't care. Moose is hot. So, mm-hmm. um, 
know, that's been kind of revelatory to me because that's not something you normally see on, you know, uh, on broadcast TV. You usually have to be on, like, HBO or paid cable to see something like that. Right. Yeah, I – uh, during the live tweets through uh, like the chocolate shop, which is the, the guys that are doing the live tweet for it, that was one of my favorite uh, things. Was like you know, I'm digging Kevin. You know, he is a newer character to the Archieverse and whatnot. Um, but his character, I thought, you know, not necessarily nailed it from the comic book canon version, but at least his character was so likable. You know, yeah. like initially, um, like and for the pilot episode. And so they're giving you so much in the pilot, you know, trying to introduce all of these characters as well as the murder um, of, I guess, it's, I'm going to just call him that that Blossom Boy because Jason is such a <laughs> whatever character in the comic books. Like, yeah. even give him, it's no surprise that that was the first person that they killed. It was like, you know what, it makes perfect sense that they would kill Jason Blossom. Um, so, you know, it was, you know, just kind of interesting to see and, and to watch the show. I'm like watching it. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm, you know, I'm essentially being like Easter egg comic book boy. I'm like, oh, there's mm-hmm. a mention of like who this person. And I'm looking at the school. I'm like, I'm looking at the, even the clothes and the jackets and like all this stuff. I'm trying to visualize the things that I've had in my head that I'm hoping to see on the screen. Like, and it, it took me time to go back and I had to watch the pilot again because I think I was so focused on what I was looking for. I was missing like the, the, the words. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you are right. It is visually beautiful. The show visually looks great. I mean, um, I, I have no issues with the with how it's been shot. All right, let's look at some of the the introductions of the characters, or and I, I put them together in couples for my notes here. What did you think of Betty and Veronica, Cecilene? Betty and Veronica. Um, I loved when Veronica walked into the chocolate shop with that hood on in slow mm. motion. Like yeah. it was. That was perfection for me. Um, I was—I have to say—I was a little disappointed with Betty in the first episode because I um, identified with Betty growing up, and you know, I always saw her as someone who would stand up for herself, someone who wasn't walked over, and I kind of felt like, especially initially, her relationship with her mother was somewhat off-putting to me. Um, but I did love that they went right into this Betty-Veronica relationship, this Betty-Veronica friendship that you just saw throughout the comics, kind of no matter what happens, we're Betty and Veronica. So I like that they were introducing that right away. Okay. Cecily? Um, the first thing I, I noticed about Veronica, um, there are two things. It's like, one, what 16-year-old wears a cake who's not a goth? Um, and um, <laughs> where can I get that cake? Um, yeah. And three, somebody who's in charge of costumes um, watched Beyonce's Lemonade over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> but um, the, the Betty and Veronica have always felt like when you read the comics, it's not so much that it's an adversarial relationship, um, but I never really got the sense that they were friends, even though mm-hmm. – um, you know, people who are um, for pretty much from the, the time that the comic is started, the, 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 the canon around them is that they're, they're friends, but they're also competing for the same guy. But they never right. felt like friends to me when I'm reading the comics. Here, there's a deep respect and admiration for both of them. There is a little sense of competition, but it's mostly on Betty's side. Um, right. You know, Veronica's is just like, okay, he's cute, but 
eh, whatever. Um, and the the thing that I really liked about them is that their relationship, Betty and Veronica's relationship, is more about their relationship, not their relationship mm-hmm. to Archie. So I found that that right. was really, really refreshing. Yeah, I was I liked them two together, um, like in the scenes that they had together, um, a lot more than I liked them when they were individual scenes. Like when I see mm-hmm. the actress that's playing Betty, like I don't really – like I don't – feel her as Betty. Like, I just don't. Like, I, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's the, the pill addiction. I don't know if it's, or not the pill addiction, the, the the Adderall or whatever. I don't know if it's the adversarial relationships that she has with her mom or the fact that she doesn't seem to have, like, any confidence. And I never pictured Betty in the comic book as somebody that didn't have confidence. Like, I thought she yeah, had plenty of confidence. Yeah, when she was tearing up. Oh, yeah. like it. Yeah. So I was and like, I, I, ah. I, go ahead. I guess I, re- I remember, or, or maybe this is a recent thing, but I always thought Betty was a tomboy. And yeah. she, she is. Yeah, very yeah. femme. And that felt really strange to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. It just, them two together, I, I, I really like, like their scenes together. They had like chemistry with one another. And then when you took them out of the situation and you put Archie with Betty, like he had really no chemistry with her. Maybe that's on purpose Mm-mm. because he doesn't really like her like that. But even in like the seven minutes of heaven scene in the closet or whatever with Veronica, even though they shared this intimate kiss, I didn't really feel that there was chemistry between them either. You know, I thought there was more yeah. chemistry between Betty and Veronica, you know, whether it be sexual or non-sexual or whatever, they had more chemistry as a couple to me than the boy with either of the two of them. Um, yeah. So, but I like them. I like those two together. What about the other couple, which would be Jughead and Archie, who are completely on the outs in episode one, uh, which is completely out of the, you know, they're always together in the comic book, and they are, like, almost in a confrontational or adversarial relationship in the in episode one. What did you think about that, uh, Cicely? Um, I, I don't know yet. The jury is still out. Um, and because you, you don't really see them together. Um, and um, my jury is still out on Cole Sprouse as Jughead. Yeah. And really, <laughs> really, and really, and, and this is my own thing. And um, I mean, Cole Sprouse is intelligent. Don't get me wrong. He is super intelligent. He has been acting for a long time. He's been doing, you know, theater and television work for a long time. So he's really well-versed in theater. So I love reading interviews with him, but there's something about how he, he plays Jughead that just mm-hmm. doesn't seem authentic. It's like okay. this particular Jughead's out, his, his, his feelings of being an outsider come from being bullied or come from, mm-hmm. you know, being misunderstood by the other students at Riverdale. But this right. particular Jughead um, is you know, he's he's angry about something. And it's not right. just he's angry at whatever happened to, you know, make him and Archie just sort of uh, become estranged for each other. Um, K.J. Appa, who plays Archie, mm-hmm. I know that they wanted to, this is going to sound so terrible, but I have to say it. Uh, I know that they wanted to cast this role um, and they wanted to make the cast more ethnically diverse as, as possible. Um, K.J. Appa is half, Samoa, no, not half Samoan. He's got half um, Maori, and okay. he he's got some really strong Maori feature. Maori. Yeah. So when I see him with that red hair, it's just mm. incongruous, and right. it's like it's not that Archie has to be white. That's not what I'm saying. And KJ Appa is half white, 
but there right. was something about his his hair, the, the red hair, and his very very you know Pacific Islander Maori features that are mm-hmm. just so incongruous. It just doesn't work for me. And okay. um, but in terms of like their relationship, I don't I don't know. I don't know. To me, it was with the pilot. It's just too early to tell. Okay. Lee, Jughead and Archie. Um, Archie, I've spent most of the first episode looking for Jughead, like just waiting for Jughead. And so really the only thing we see a lot of him is that ending scene. And we realize that Jughead and Archie are kind of on the outs. Um, And, you know, like you said, Jughead always seems so comfortable in himself and just comfortable in his relationship with Archie, you know, I don't know. I just, and I was really distracted by Cole Sprouse just the first time I really looked at Jughead because I was trying to say, hey, does he still look like that kid from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Or, you know, like I was trying, like I was just distracted by the actor that I really didn't see him as Jughead until I rewatched the episode. But I spent that first just the pilot just wondering what is up with them? Why are, what happened? Just right. really questioning what could have happened to get them to this point. Yeah. I, I, you know, it seems like Archie is literally kind of an Island to himself in the pilot. Um, and you're kind of like, well, all right, well, where's Jughead? Like this would be his anchor to, you know, kind of keep him grounded about what's going on. And then you find out he's like, you know, on the outs with Jughead too. I'm like, what in the world What's going on? which will lead us here into the major topic for the pilot and something that, I mean, I know y'all have seen that I have a huge problem with, but to recap mm-hmm. the pilot episode, um, that blossom boy has been killed. Um, it's a big <laughs> deal for the whole, I know this is a big deal for the whole uh, the town of Riverdale about what's happened to him and how it has happened. They have introduced all of the characters that we have talked about already. And um, at the end of the episode, Kevin and Moose, who is, you know, struggling with his sexuality, find the body at the end of the episode where Jason has been shot, where everybody else had thought he had fallen off a boat and had drowned, where they found the body and they see that he has actually been shot. But as a part of that whole recap, um, thrown in the middle, beginning and the end of it, is that Archie has had a relationship, is having a relationship. Now, they've casted Miss Grundy as a 20-something, you know, new music teacher, and somewhere in that relationship that Archie and Miss Grundy are having a sexual relationship um, in that then the summer that this happened to the Blossom Boy. Um, I've been very vocal on the fact that this shouldn't happen. Uh, I don't like it. It's very off-putting for me, especially as somebody who works in my field. Um, that is just it's so off-putting for me. Not like I can't watch it off-putting. But I, I wish that they and I posted this to the the I tweeted this to the Riverdale writers during the show the other day. It's like I wish y'all hadn't gone there with that. Like y'all could have told this story without it. So mm-hmm. what? How do you feel about the the Grundy and Archie relationship, uh, Cecily? Um, statutory rape is not sexy. Period. Yeah. Um, period. I you know and um, you know when she when she went driving down the street in those Lolita gla- glasses, the heart shaped yeah. glasses. <laughs> I was just like, well, as if it wasn't obvious beforehand in all of the promos, it's really obvious now. Um, right. And but when you when you look at her entrance into the show, 
And when you look at her throughout the rest of the show, um, it's really interesting. They're setting up these two different sides of her. So that'll be mm-hmm. interesting to watch over the right. next 13 episodes. But, yeah, as I said, statutory rape is not sexy. So Not at all. Yeah. It wasn't cool with Pacey on um, uh, Fat House. <laughs> no. so, uh, he was on Dawson's Creek. And it, it ain't yeah, sexy it now awesome. here either. Yeah. What do you think, uh, C. Celine? Well, I, you know, I agree with both of you. I was so disappointed in that whole storyline. Um, I, I think Riverdale tweeted, I think yesterday, that about forbidden love, like mm. this was a okay thing that was going on on the show. Um, mm. And it was really kind of disappointing during the initial live tweet of the pilot that there were lots of people on that um, live tweet who were kind of, rooting for Archie and Grundy and I was just like this is just gross but um you know in the pilot you see Grundy you see her roll up on Archie and I'm like first of all this is Grundy like how old is she (laughs) you know I'm like okay and I don't know maybe they're going to tell us more about how this relationship started because we see one scene she rolls up the next scene they're in in her VW bug getting it on Um, yeah. With the interior light on, no less. Um, <laughs> they must be very up. flexible because I'm yeah. telling you, there's not a lot of room. I know. I know. <laughs> there's like no room in that VW yeah. bug. But then you see the pep rally, and it kind of seems like maybe she regrets it. She doesn't want him around her, but then she agrees yeah. to tutor him at 7.30 in the morning. I don't It's like they're making her seem like, she thinks it's a mistake and she doesn't want it to happen anymore. And I'm kind of like, maybe it's going to be okay, but we can see from the scenes for the following week. No, it's not going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. Yeah. Um, as somebody who's been in education for a while, um, as a, on a professional basis, they would never make a show about a 28 year old teacher getting it on with a 15, 16, 17 year old that, that would not work on a TV show. Because people mm-hmm. would look at it completely differently, and um, you mean a male teacher? Not, yeah, a male teacher. Yeah, they wouldn't do it, um, and that's what. And, and and I'm not looking at it from a like a, like oh well they could do it we could do it that's not obviously what I'm doing. I think I'm looking right. from the fact that like the the patriarchy of the situation is like well you know if it, you know boys can't be taken advantage of they can't be raped you know he probably look how hot she is she could, of course he was gonna do you know what I mean. And, you know, again, coming from my profession or whatever, like having been and worked with kids that have been in situations like this before, if you don't think that screws up a kid's head, like you're completely wrong, mm-hmm. a boy too. It, com- it completely screws their heads up, they're in their, especially their issues of being able to trust people moving forward, especially adults. So it's just, it, it's so off-putting. And I was just like, and as soon as I heard about it, I was just like, oh, I'm going to really need to swallow like a huge chill pill to watch this show because I need to chill because it's, you know, any other show I would probably be like, you know what? I'm good. Um, and I, I yeah, I, I just haven't, I was not a fan of it. And, you know, again, as a plot point, I wish they hadn't done it, you know, but you're already into the show now. So I would imagine that this is going to play out, you know, in some version. And I think it is going to play out in episode three. Okay. Let's get to episode two, which is called a touch of evil. Um, the primary point line of the show is that there's going to be this huge pep rally in honor of that Blossom boy that had been killed. And um, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot of um, kind of weird uh, situations that happen, like, at the school 
uh, probably the first being that they made the announcement that, um, hey, yeah, this is an open investigation uh, over the intercom system. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the way, yeah, uh, he's been killed, so we're just going to, you know, let you guys know that that happened. Um, I guess this is a commentary on how, how common, uh, you know, killings and murders happen. <laughs> you can just bust that right out. Yeah. All right. For, yeah, for lunch today, there's the lasagna, um, mac and cheese. Uh, yeah, by the way, the Blossom Boys been killed, too. All right. <laughs> so let's go to the weather. Yeah, it, it was very kind of, as a matter of fact. And, like, we're going to get to this here, too. I had it as one of my notes, and I might be jumping around a little bit. Um, uh-huh. Cheryl is like maybe a sociopath. Um, Cheryl Blossom. She has been so, I guess, affected by her brother's death, but her um, her ability to deal with it, or her uh, ability to deny what has happened, or her ability to, I don't know. I mean, she is like so. Um affected, unaffected by his death, that it causes her to make these really wild decisions. What did you think about Cheryl Blossom, um, Cecily? Twin test. Um, (laughs) And also because she is, Madeline Pesh is the actress's name, and I don't know, she's so young, I don't know if she's like ever studied actresses like um, Joan Crawford or Betty Davis, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. she's 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 inhabiting that space and she's mm-hmm. doing it so well. So I'm I'm really really enjoying her. Um, I think Cheryl. Um, one of my favorite scenes with Cheryl was um, when Betty took the Manny Petty gift certificate that Veronica yes. gave them, um, yeah. and um, gave it to Cheryl instead. And she was just the way that she like moved her body and, and, and into the scene and made herself the focus of the scene that was supposed to be about Betty and Veronica was just so sweet. So yeah. um, you know, I, I think Cheryl as a as a character is really, really interesting. Um, near the end of the show where she um, you know, she she proclaimed her guilt. Um, mm-hmm. was a, a really, really arresting scene. So, um, I, I, you know, but I don't, I think she's, I think she's guilty of something. I don't think she's okay. guilty of what people think she's guilty of. So I don't want to get right. too far ahead, but um, yeah. it's going to be yeah. uh, interesting to watch. Yeah. The scene that she has with Archie in the biology lab, by the way, that was not Professor Foots, not, by the way. No, I know. This morning. That's yeah, the I yeah, I was like, you missed a golden opportunity to put him in there. Um, but uh, the scene that she has, and then where she guts the, you know, the frog or whatever, I was just—I like, couldn't even watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, she is uh, by far, and again, we'll get to who we like and who we don't in a bit. She's by far my favorite character in this. And the funny thing is, is like Cheryl Blossom in the comic books, I really don't care for her at all. You know, she was Maybe. somebody that was thrown in so late it was just like well i guess we, we have a blonde a brunette i guess we need a redhead and you threw <laughs> cheryl blossom in who has many of the same tendencies of veronica like it just was like why, why are we doing this like veronica didn't need a foil like at she's all more yeah. interesting and in, she's more interesting in afterlife with archie yes mm-hmm. yeah agreed um so it I, I don't know it was just it was just interesting and i was like man i mean like you're gonna make cheryl the focus of this but she's by far my favorite character um, on the show um, so far. And let's see. Oh, so, yeah. So there's the pep rally. Um, 
Now Betty is on the outs with everybody. Uh, Archie gave his, you know, you're too good. It's not you, it's me speech, some version of that speech. Whatever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, yes, you'll, you'll always be too good for me. Yeah, oh, like, come on, man. Uh, as a male, I was just like, you know what? Having given that speech, it was a lie then. And I'm looking at Archie, like, you lying like I was too, Archie. So um, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, she's on the outs with everybody. She's on the outs with Veronica because she's uh, about seven minutes in heaven. She's on the arch, outs with Archie. And she's trying to be that Betty that we know, you know, supposed to be cheery. But her mom is just like, you don't, you can't trust none of these fools. You can't trust him. You can't trust her. You can't trust the Blossoms. Like, you can't trust anybody and try to really kind of <laughs> make them like a, the, the Coopers a completely isolated family there. And we do get Fred Cooper. He does make an appearance um, in this episode as well. Um, what did you think about uh, Betty being out on the outs with everybody, Cecil? Poor Betty. Poor Betty. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Betty. Um, you know, I just – feel like that's not the Betty I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she would stand up for herself. So I really liked that scene when she was in her room with Cheryl Blossom. Yeah. And they had had their Manny Petties. And I wish they had pulled out a little bit um, on the shot when Cheryl was putting the makeup on Betty. And I mm-hmm. swear to God, I think she was like straddling her at that yeah. moment. I know. But, we didn't see it, <laughs> but I wanted to see that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She had to be battling her. So Mm. to finally see Betty kind of stand up for herself, I was Mm. like, finally, yes, this is the Betty I know, the Betty who will punch you if you, you know, get on her bad side. So I was happy to see that. I was really happy to see that. I think the line was, get out of my room before I kill you. I mean, she went way over the top, you know, and this might be a good time to, in- well, yeah, this might be a good time to introduce the fact that Polly Cooper is in this. She is yeah. um, sent away someplace, and we haven't seen her yet, uh, and Polly and that Blossom Boy ha- were in a relationship prior to the point of him being k- killed. Um, so we'll get to that when we talk about who we um, who we think might be potential the killers of the Blossom Boy. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love that scene uh, in episode two. Now, as apprehensive as I was after episode one, I was much more reeled in for episode two. Like, you know, episode one had a lot of the pilot issues, which, you know, can be an issue. You know, that first issue that they're filming and they change so much in between to see if it's going to get picked up. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, like, I, I, really in, I really enjoyed episode two. I also wasn't as distracted of trying to flip back and forth between the new edition story. So um, <laughs> I was like, I was, I was much more focused for episode two. Um, you do get a resolution, I guess, a little bit to Archie and Jughead's situation where it started off bad. Um, and then Archie or Jughead discovers kind of what's going on between Archie and Miss Grundy. And then, you know, one thing that I really appreciated is that they made Archie like the moral compass also. Like, Archie is always going to do the right thing. So the fact that he's yeah. not only just having an affair with Ms. Grundy, but the fact that he's keeping it a secret and not telling anybody, like, that was an issue as well. I was like, Archie would tell, you know? He would always tell. So I, I, was, I liked that part. Well, about, Archie uh, wouldn't have been sleeping ahead. with Geraldine in the first place. Come on. <laughs> yes. This is also true. <laughs> 
this is also true. But if 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 nothing else, they at least got him to the point where he's like, you know what, I got a tail. And his conversation with Jughead kind of helped with that, which also kind of later on is going to put their friendship a little back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if Reggie was introduced in episode one. Uh, he's played by an Asian character, it, uh, it looks like, or it appears to be. And then he has a huge scene in episode two, essentially trying to make fun of Jughead and accusing Jughead of being the person that kills Jason Blossom. Um, what did you think about uh, Reggie's introduction, Cecily? I know we talked a, lot, a little bit about this on Twitter. Uh, you know, I he 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 really wasn't fleshed out that much, except for that he was a smarmy, a smarmy kid, um, mm. which you know is true to to Reggie. I miss that part in his hair, though. You know that mm. that light <laughs> blue part that he has in his hair in the comics. Um, right. But in in the second episode, I Reggie was never a jock that right. I remember. I mean, I, I know that he he played sports with the the rest of like the way that Archie played sports, but I never mm-hmm. really took him for a jock, and they just ramped that up, and I don't know if that has to do with, um, you know, maybe the, the physicality of the actor who's playing him. But there's something, I think Reggie was, Reggie was a recast. I think this is like the second Reggie they've had. I could be wrong about that. Um, okay. I think they need to recast again, because this just isn't working. <laughs> and I don't, and, and like his, he's too brutish, and he's too, mm. um, he's too much of a bully. And Reggie right, wasn't right. really a bully. He was just a smart a, Yeah, and a prankster. Yeah. Just, yeah, he was a prankster. Um, he was Archie's foil. And it, he wasn't, like, trying to beat Archie up and give him a, a shiner. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just doesn't – something about this characterization doesn't feel right. Um, if, you, if, you, if you go into um, the, the Afterlife with Archie comics and you read the, the, the issue that's just about Reggie, mm-hmm. some of that makes sense. But I'm trying to avoid – letting what I know about the characters or what, what I know now about the characters that came from that series inform the TV series. But right. if that is what's happening, then Reggie's characterization on the show makes sense, but he still just feels wrong to me. And I, and I think that they either need to rewrite him or find somebody else to play him. Okay. what do you think about Reggie, say, Tulane? My, my, I think I tweeted during the live tweet, I was like, I don't – does Reggie even have a role for this show, like kind of based on the comics yeah. as being like the prankster, jokester? Like, is there a role for him on this show? The Reggie from the pilot as compared to the Reggie in episode two, I thought were very different. In the pilot, he was kind of joking with, you know, Archie about the summer, mm-hmm. you know, did you find a girl, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, he's just attacking everyone out of the blue, um, and like Cecily said, Reggie was like this preppy rich kid in right. the in the comics, and he wasn't and he wasn't that big either. Like when I see him standing next to Moose, he's yeah. as big as Moose. It's, it's not yeah. even bigger. I'm like, Moose doesn't right. even look big anymore. You know, yeah, this but, kid is like not to call him a kid, but he's six three. He's huge. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah. yeah, he's huge. Yeah, it's like, what were you thinking? I don't know. I'm not feeling Reggie. I think he looks hot personally like I enjoy looking at him but as far as him being Reggie I'm like mm, I can leave him okay I don't need to see him anymore <laughs> the big wrap up for episode two is that uh 
in class. And once again, uh, I'm not sure who the administrators are at Riverdale High School. Like, you know, we know Mr. Weatherby, but we'll get to that in a second, too. Like, yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead and arrest her, like, in front of everybody. That's great. In science class. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> all right. Seems like a great idea. Uh, and Cheryl kind of sort of uh, uh, confesses that something to something. We don't really know what she's confessing to. And she's arrested, and that ends episode two. Um, and, you know, like I said, I was much more intrigued and much more brought, bought in to episode two than I was for the pilot episode. Um, let's get to real quick about what's worked for you and what hasn't. Like, if you had to list, like, three people or three characters that you like on the show or three situations that you like on the show, what would those be, Seth? Um, what works, um, yeah. Betty and Veronica's relationship, um, mm-hmm. um, what also works, um, strangely enough, Luke Perry is Fred Andrews. I, I, don't <laughs> just, I don't know if that's just nostalgia, but it right. works for me. And, you know, when he, when he furrows that forehead as a 50 year old, instead of a <laughs> role Dylan, um, from, you know, 90210, it really yeah. works for me. Um, what isn't working for me? Josie and the Pussycats. No. I hate saying that. I hate saying it. <laughs> We're going to get to it later. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, what's working no, that's, what's not I'm, working? We're going to talk about them later. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I see. See, lead. what's working, what's not working? Um, I have to agree with Cecily. I love Archie and his dad. Like, I've loved every scene with Archie and his dad. I I don't know. It just feels so authentic to me. Um, I like what he brings out in Archie. I liked when he was calling him out for being a liar about the whole football thing. I'm enjoying that relationship a lot. I'm really enjoying Daryl Blossom. Yeah. Um, she's so multifaceted. She surprises me. Um, I I never know what she's going to do next. Um, I enjoy her. So I have to ask you guys. My cable went out on the scene after she ran off of the field and went into the locker room. What happened? <laughs> dry. Like, like, <laughs> what happened in the locker room with her and Veronica? Like, I have. Didn't she just basically you, break down in tears and was saying that? Oh, she saw. Remember when she was out on the field and the football team was running by and she looked yeah. at Archie and then for a minute she saw Jason. So that's what mm-hmm. that's why she ran into the locker room, and so Veronica yeah. went in there with her. And like I said, they're miraculously dry. Um, for oh, her yeah. hair was all curled. <laughs> uh, her hair was all curled. Something had fallen, um, and it was just sort of like I saw Daisy, boo hoo hoo, and Veronica. Yeah. And that was basically it. Okay, and that that was something that I thought they foreshadowed in the first episode when. Coach Clayton said that, you know, Archie would take Jason's number, which I thought was so, you know, like on the Very nose. Weird. Like the kid yeah. just died. Why would you give the other redheaded kid his number in Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I felt like that was definitely foreshadowed. And I know, Cecily, we had tweeted about the rain. Was it a plot device? Yeah, I know. Weather? <laughs> but I'm, oh, thinking it was about I'm thinking it was a plot device, though, because Cheryl was had fallen into the river and she was all wet and maybe the fact that she was wet in the rain and she saw Jason mm-hmm. was I don't know. I think oh, I'm okay. it right here. But maybe yeah. oh, maybe it was a plot device. Yeah. 
So the only thing that's not working for me is Grundy. Grundy and Archie is definitely that's just not working for me at a like a visceral level. It's not working for me. Yeah, the the sooner they put that to bed and whatever way they do it will be best for me. And I think don't put it don't put it to literal bed because I don't put it to the VW bed. But it seems like it's going to be twisted within the run of how 15, 16 episodes at its highest. So I don't think we're going to get Mm. some sort of, you know, I mean, if they're going to come and arrest Cheryl in the middle of the classroom, I I can't wait till free Grundy gets arrested. And what they're going to do there is probably put her in stoner in public. But uh, pretty women (laughs) don't go to jail. We know that. You know, yes, this is true. So, um, yeah, um, what I've liked so far, a uh, Cheryl is by far. Like, I'm really considering getting a Cheryl Blossom T-shirt. Like, for real. Like, that's how much I enjoy like this character, and which is a character again I did not care for in the comic books at all. Um, I'm digging Jughead. I didn't think that I would at first, uh, but I am actually digging the character, and I like the the narration part for Jughead as well. I didn't mm. think I, it was very Desperate Housewives at first, but I kind of got used to it. Um, what's not working for me is the Grundy and Archie thing, um, like, at all. Like, I don't like that at all. Like, that's just, it, again, it does need to just go, go far, far away. And what I also don't like is that they've introduced so many characters. Like, I don't, I'm not sure if there's going to be a space for, like, all of them. And this is going to lead to what you were just saying before. And we, we can, we can jump to the, like, the, the team people of color here. Um, like the thing with Josie and the Pussycats. Like, the idea that Josie and the Pussycats are all black, I really enjoy that aspect of it, but I don't enjoy the fact that I th- pretty much I think they're only going to be there to shuck and drive and sing and dance for mm-hmm. us. Like, I don't yeah. think we're going to get mm-hmm. any version of that where we see what's going on in Josie's house, and, you know, I guess her mom is the mayor of Riverdale, so you would think that that would be worth something. I'm surprised they didn't marry her to Chuck Clayton, uh, you know, or mm-hmm. to, um, to Coach Clayton. You know, well, all the black people got to be related. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm surprised they didn't do that, but, like, I don't think we're going to see anything with Josie and the Pussycats that's not singing, like, at all. Like, I, I don't, maybe I'm just being the pessimistic old black dude and who's watched a lot of television, but I don't think we're going to see any of that. And that's a shame I, because, essentially, the rest of the cast is white as hell. So I would, I would enjoy it if um, they never gave them any more speaking lines. Because they just don't work, and <laughs> I would enjoy it if they um, if they are just going to be the entertainment. If they use them sort of as a Greek chorus, like okay. in their song choices, or mm-hmm. uh, like the the you know the the songs that Josie allegedly writes, um, and <laughs> if they use those to move the story along, that right. But the way that they're using them right now, just oh lord. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I. Yeah. It. Again, the first episode where they kind of got their little introduction and they ran Archie along. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if we're going to see that. You know, are they going to be like this? We're better than all of you because we are the singers or whatever, and we're better than all of you. Or we're just going to see you, okay, yeah, what well, we saw them then, they sang at the dance, and then they sang at the pep rally, they sang Sugar Sugar, mm-hmm. whichever updated version of that was, which, whatever. And, okay, well, that's it. And, yeah, and then here's Robin Gibbons, she's the mayor of Riverdale. All right, great. And I looked at the IMDb because I, IMDb is like looking at WebMD 
for like when you have an illness yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go with Jack. So I was like, all right, Robin Gibbons is on this show. One episode. Well, we already oh. saw her one episode. And that was that's it. What listed, and that was it. So we're not going to see her back. <laughs> Personally, I think that's Robin Gibbons, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think we're going to see any of her again in any sense like that. So, uh, yeah, that, that's just me. And we can go back to the rest of the whole team of color here. Uh, so we got Josie and the Pook cats out of the way. Pop Tate and Weatherby are both African-American. How did you see that when you first saw it? I didn't think they had even cast Weatherby yet. That was a complete shock to me. Can I say something about Pop Tate? The first sure. time I saw him on screen, I thought he looked like a slave. Like, uh, like wow. I'm, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, girl, like, don't, he, you, don't apologize. He's no, there and, and he's in there serving these kids, and he just looked. I don't know, with his fat face and white hair. and he, I just, ugh, I didn't like it. I didn't like okay. it. Unless he has something to add to the story or, I mean, he hears everybody's secrets. I mean, they could do so much with that character. I don't want right. him to just be saying stupid things. The Nighthawks are all out and giving yeah. people hamburgers and cleaning up things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I you know, more. yeah, no, I feel you on that one. Um, I was, I was kind of surprised that they did too, and I was like, man, that's kind of like racially tropey. Like, you know, he's going to be serving, you know, burgers and fries to all these white kids. Okay, whatever. But I mean, will he have any lines? You know, hardly at all, anyway, to begin with. But okay, Cecily, what you think about Pop Tate and or Weatherby as black dudes? Um, Pop Tate. I see, because he, he's originally from the States, but he, he, he lives in Canada now, I think. Um, so mm-hmm. I've seen him on a lot of Canadian shows. And okay. it's, it's not that he's, he's not a slave, but he definitely <laughs> serves the story in some way in pretty much every, um, everything I've ever seen. Ah, that was good. I'm sorry. I thought it was good. Um, but I didn't really see anything about it. Um, do we remember Mr. Weatherby wearing a bolo tie in the comics? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, and I, I meant to tweet that, and I think I got distracted. I was like, what's up with bolo tie? Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw it, and I was just like, really? Weatherby's black dude? All right. Okay. I mean, Well, he might I be like know. that sheriff in Minnesota. And let me say he is not from Minnesota because I used to live Milwaukee. I think it's Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh right, sorry, Milwaukee. Yeah. Minnesota is way enough. too progressive for Sheriff Clark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That yeah, I yeah, I was I don't know. And it was like with yeah, the scenes with like him and I guess Kevin's dad's the sheriff of Riverdale as well. Um, you know, but I was, I was like, okay. I mean, I don't know. It didn't really do anything for me. I think being black, it didn't really matter. We already talked about Reggie. Um, mm-hmm. What about Veronica? And I have an issue with this too. But anybody, Veronica is technically a person of not technically, she is a person of color. The actress is a Latina. Um, but what about Veronica? Her eyebrows. Oh my God, her eyebrows. Yeah. Oh, they give, they're giving me life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but as an actress. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like it, some of the characterizations of, that they've that they've made for people of color on the show. It's kind of hard because right now they just feel representational in the universe of 
uh, Riverdale, there is no race, there's no racial strife or right. you know, racial mm-hmm. misunderstanding. So it's kind of hard to, to look at it from that perspective. Um, but then there's also the part of me is like, you know, um, the, the raven haired siren character, why she got to be Latina? You know, why did she right. have to inhabit that stereotype? So it's kind of, there's a little bit of tension there for me, um, despite what I feel about her eyebrows. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm glad that she's there, but there's a little part of me that's like, really? We're doing yeah. this? Yeah. Cecily, Veronica. Um, you know, I think it's just Veronica just happens to be Latina to me. I don't mm-hmm. feel like her, I don't feel like that's adding anything to her character. I don't know if mm-hmm. they're going to address it in her storyline, but it's just like you said, she just happens to be Latina. It's right. not yeah. anything important. Just like, oh, Pop Tate just happens to be black. Right. Doesn't mean anything. And that was kind of my thought for Veronica, too. I was like, are y'all going to, you know, Latina? So if we didn't, if I didn't look at her IMDb either, I might not even know that she was Latina, you know, because she could probably pass for white fairly easily. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that maybe her mom married this rich, obviously, possibly white dude based on their last names, I guess, if we're doing that. And, you know, it, is there anything Latina about her other than the fact that the actress that's playing her is Latina? Like, that's what I'm looking for. And, you know, if y'all are just going to play it that way, then, I mean, you know, casting a Latina as, you know, Veronica doesn't really mean anything other than the fact that it's going to be on her IMDb. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, that's fine. I do, and I'll, I'll play, you know, kind of male, I don't say chauvinist, but I'll play male chauvinist. Uh, they definitely cast the ladies. They didn't go with any, like, kind of stick figure actresses, and I do appreciate that. Yes, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making sense. Like, the, the ladies that they have, even the cheerleaders or whatever, they didn't put, like, all these skinny little, uh, what's that show? Um, not Pretty Little Liars, which is full of little skinny little people, too. Um, oh, Gossip Girl. Like, all these stick mm-hmm. figure, you know, kind of ghosty little, little, like, life little things in there. So I do appreciate that part. But her yeah, some of those like cheerleaders, him, those cheerleaders were thick in a nice yeah, way. Yeah, they were. Yeah, in a nice way. So I was just like, okay. That's nice. But, yeah, her being Latina, unless they address it in some way, shape, or form. And I like her mom, too. Like, the actress is playing her mm-hmm. mom, although I was kind of, like, tripping. I was like, there was no other jobs in Riverdale other than working at Pop Tates? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I, mean, I did appreciate the, uh, the, the, um, the, another nod to Joan Crawford. What's the name? The um, Mildred Pierce. Mildred uh, Pierce, line. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was I, was like, ju- I was just about to tweet, like, what is up with her hair? And then, like, literally her next line <laughs> explaining what was up with her hair. Right. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's, I mean, and there's some relationship between her and Archie's dad, too, which is kind of interesting as well, that they, you know, that she's originally from Riverdale as well. Um, yeah. But, It'll be just like yeah. Dylan and Valerie. Oh. <laughs> 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 No comment. Um, all right, and I guess the last person of color had on the list was Coach Clayton. It's kind of stereotypical that the black guy would be the football coach, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I guess. I, I, you know, it was not a real big surprise. He only had a couple of lines, much more so in the uh, in the pilot episode, uh, not as much in episode two. Um, you know, I, like I said, I just 
again, they they wanted to make this diverse cast, but the people on the poster, again, besides Veronica, are all white. And I kind of, yeah. you know, I mean, but we all have been reading Archie for a long time, too. None of us got into Archie before because of his diversity. Like, that was no. never an issue, you know. I mean, it was like, oh, you know, I got into this because I related to the characters or the whatever in some way, shape, or form. So it wasn't for that. But it's also it was like, you know what? not going to be like i think i know they cast i think they cast dilton i think dilton is also asian as well uh, yeah mm-hmm. and he was in the pilot but i think yeah uh, he hadn't like made it you know it's like so there's some it's there but again if they're just support characters in that sense i'm not sure mm-hmm. you know if it would have mattered one way or the other um all right that, wait a speaking of support characters two characters that i want to see a lot that i have missed these two episodes are hot dogs Jughead's okay. off, yeah. and I want to see Archie's jalopy. Yeah, yeah. I miss yeah, Archie. I mean, nice. Archie and his jalopy. Come on. He's yeah, that a... is a couple. Yeah, oh. that is, they are a I couple. Hope, the Archie and his I hope star. they pull yeah. them out. I hope they pull yeah. them out. Yeah, and then I mean, Midge got a dropped line, but you know she's not yeah. on the show yet. Um, again, from reading IMDb, I know Ethel's going to make an appearance at some point in time as well. Um, you know, so, I mean, those characters are there, but I just kind of want, like I said, I kind of want them to, I don't know, like, I just don't know how long this I can stick with the the Who Killed Jason Blossom story. Like, is there going to be stuff that's mm-hmm. also on the periphery of this that's going to tie into it very well? And that'll lead to my Something little chance. They're going to wrap that up really soon. Like, the show think- only has a 13-episode order. Um, okay. It comes back next season. We'll see. But something tells me they're going to wrap that up before the series. I mean, before the season's over. Okay, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and that that leads to my little note for step four. There is about the ratings. Okay, so it came out the first week, and the show has been promoted fairly heavily. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also the CW as well. So again, going up against um, that murder show. I think it did 1.3 million or so the first week. And, you know, and the CW lives on the the 18 to 49 demographics. Like, that's what they care about. They can take those low ratings as long as the 18 to 49-year-olds are buying the stuff that they're selling in the commercials on these shows. And so the 18 to 49 demo was, you know, kind of average as well. And then after episode two, I think they went down like a few hundred thousand people. And then the demo for 18 to 49 went down as well. And so that leads... Well, so my question was on there, you know, who is the audience for this show? And I, again, I've shared with y'all, I work in a place that it should be full of the demo, you know, you know, mm-hmm. kind of an age group of kids that would probably be thinking about watching this show. And, you know, because I'm, you know, that person, Hey, you heard of this show? You watch this show? No, 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 no. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. You know, just kind of like kind of putting it out there to see if anybody that was in the demo is watching it. So, like, who do you think is the real audience for this show, Cecily? Because I'm not um, sure if it's all-time RT fans. Yeah, I think that's a demo. And I think it's also, there. I mean, they, it's on the CW, so clearly they're going after a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that they're necessarily going for, um, you know, an, an ethnically diverse audience or anything like that. But um, there are, the show is kind of layered in that there are, very, very young characters, and but they're using references, pop culture references that are older than they are. So, yes. and then, you know, and then by having people like um, Luke Perry and Macon Amick 
be on the series, so they're like going after people our age, um, mm-hmm. the people who remember those characters, those actors from their shows when they were much younger. So right. it's clear that they're trying to pull in the nostalgia viewers, people our age and older, maybe who have lived with the Archie's comics their whole lives, but with the you know with pretty people spouting words, they're trying to go after a younger demographic. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. how successful they're going to be at that though. Right. Okay. Cecilie, what do you think? Who's the demo? Uh, well, you know, they they switched the lineup around. Um, you know, Riverdale is on Thursdays. Um, Legends of Tomorrow used to come on at 8. They switched Supernatural so that that's the precursor to Riverdale. So they're definitely – I get confused by this because, you know, when you think about Archie readers, I definitely wouldn't necessarily think about them as being young readers, possibly right. more my more our age. And right. definitely the only reason I'm watching this show right now is because it is called Riverdale and Archie's in it. If it was just set someplace else and it wasn't the Lovett characters, there's no way I would ever watch this show um, because I would feel like it's not a show for me. So I do feel like they're trying to pull in Archie comic readers. But like you said, it's just, uh, I feel like, I don't know if they even know who their demographic is or who they're trying to reach right now because it does feel like a confusing show. Um, You know, my kid watched it. He's 14. He's a little bit young for the demo. But um, he loves Archie, and he watched the first two episodes, and he was just like, meh. I might watch right. one more, but I'm really not interested. So right. I, I don't know who they're going after. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the movies that come out, the the Marvel movies or the DC movies that, you know, my kids are a little bit younger and they've been on, you know, comic books since they were, you know, you know, out the womb. But when you go watch Captain America Civil War or the Avengers and then you're like, wow, it was really cool. And then you go to the comic book store and you pull a book off of there. It has nothing to do with what you just saw on that movie screen. And it's just like, oh, no, you got to go and you got to read this book and then read this book and then read this book or whatever. Like Archie doesn't have that problem. You should be able to go and pick up that book and just jump right into it. And it doesn't if you just want to read that. But if you put the TV show into it, then it's just like, well, where's the thing where Jason gets killed? Well, you know what I mean. Like, there's no, yeah. there's no, um, like, there's no parallel between those two worlds, and so it kind of makes me think. It's like, well, you probably could have made this show and not called it Riverdale and taken the names and called it something else, and it probably wouldn't have made that much of a difference. And like, I just wonder if, if they want us older, seasoned, mature, mm-hmm. uh, aren't people to watch the show? It's like you make. You, you know, you're giving us a little bit, and you might want to give us a little bit more. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's just weird, and I, I, I kind of get worried when I see, again, this is CW, uh, but when I see the ratings go down, you know, two weeks after, like, that premiere, I'm just like, man. Uh, you know. But I think that almost had to happen, and that was bound to happen yeah. because people tuned in to see, because they were curious, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. for the cursory um, the cursory Archie readers um, right. or people who were just sort of curious about this new show. 
or people who were supernatural fans who were too lazy to change the channel. Which the channel. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, because, and I think that it was actually kind of smart of them to move Legends of Tomorrow to a different night to make room for this show because mm-hmm. um, Supernatural skews more female than Legends of Tomorrow mm-hmm. does. Um, sure. Because it would give, you know, have more women watching the show. So I think it was natural that, you know, people tuned in because of their curiosity, and then they decided for whatever reason not to tune in the following week. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. One last topic before we wrap up as we cross a little over the hour mark. Um, Jason's dead. Um, <laughs> who, who do you think killed him? Like, you know, you get all these fan theories out there and, uh, you know, people have their thoughts about this. If you had to put two people at the top of your list on who killed Jason Blossom, who would that, who would be at the top? Who do you want us to go first? Definitely <laughs> uh, go first. Um, I'm going to say Hal Cooper. Uh, Betty's dad is my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because... Um, you know, his he's already lost one daughter to she's wherever Chuck Cunningham from Happy Days is. And, That's right. <laughs> uh, um, and we don't really hear that much about him. We know that his wife is unhinged. Um, yes. But he's one of those quiet people who's kind of controlling and wants to keep, you know, his emotions in check. And eventually he's probably going to um, explode at some point, I feel like. Um, Second would probably be, also he's on the show. He's in every episode except one. So it can't Mm -hmm. be somebody who's only going to be on like one or two episodes, I don't think. Okay. Um, Okay. And probably second, um, I have no idea. I mean, mm-hmm. it would be interesting for it to be Dilton because some of the things I've been reading is that Dilton has a quote-unquote interesting hobby, but we don't know what that hobby is mm-hmm. yet. But I'm not sure that I want to put him on the list yet. So right now I'm okay. going with, with Betty's dad. Okay. Uh, Lee. Okay. My number one is Polly okay. because they broke up this summer. I don't know when she went into the group home. We just know they had a fight. We don't know about what. We do know that Jason was held somewhere because he had literature. I don't even know how to say it. But rope marks around his wrist. So we know he Mm. was tied up somewhere. I don't know. So Polly's my number one because I want to know more about what was going on this summer with her and Jason. My number two will be surprising and it's far-fetched, but I think number two is Grundy. I don't, huh, that, okay. I don't think that Archie was her first redhead lover. Maybe <laughs> yeah. she was jealous because Jason was dating Polly. Maybe this gunshot they heard at 6 a.m. is just a red herring and has nothing mm. to do with the murder. I don't know. But I'm going to say number one, Polly. Number two, Grundy. Uh, yeah, those are all solid as well. Um, I had at the top of my list, I had Polly Cooper. Um, it's, oh. although it's probably a red herring too that she's off screen so far and we haven't seen her uh, it, it probably is um, it might be a little too obvious but it also would make sense um, but then the second one is Mrs. Cooper um, of like, course yes she's um, she's completely off the charts that lady man Whew. Um, so <laughs> it looks like she's completely possible of anything and um, that's yeah, the, the, it, it's in the Cooper field right now. Until we get somebody else, that's kind of where I am. 
uh, I, I think I was listening to, I think, the Chocolate Shops after show, and I, I can't remember which one of the guys or the ladies on there had said it. You know, they were they were naming, like, main characters on here. Like, Riverdale can't exist if, like, Archie or Veronica or, like, a main character kills, like, somebody on here. <laughs> right. You have to take them off the show. Like, that's not possible. Like, that, you literally should call it something else if you're going to take one of the mainstays of the show off the show. It has to be somebody that people know, but people won't care about it if they never appear on the show again. It's like, right. he's a boss. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like, we know who he is, and we don't care that he's dead. But it has to, whoever killed him has to be somebody that's just, like, mm-hmm. kind of like that. So I'm, right. I'm fully in the camp that it's somebody that, yeah, you know, I was on that show for, like, ten episodes, and then I, you know, I got another pilot on a different show, and I'm going to be starring on this show on the CW in the fall of 2018. So um, whoever that is, that's that's kind of where I am, but yeah, so good. All right, ladies, we just did about an hour, even though I said forty-five minutes. <laughs> I, I, well, I knew it was going to go long because we had to get the introductions and stuff out of the way. Um, so wow, um, this is great. Uh, I think I put, I think I said to, uh, I don't know, to lean before, but like probably around the time the weed book was coming out, I kept putting out there like on a bunch of other people's sites. Like, I need, like, a black female to talk with me about this Mark Wade Archie book. Like, and I kept tweeting it out there, and I kept tweeting it out there, and I didn't get anything and anything. And, like, this literally, y'all two came to me. Like, this is so organic that it just kind of happened, and I'm so freaking happy. You have no idea how happy I am to be able to do this. Um, Like, oh, my gosh, I am so, so happy uh, to have, like, met y'all through Twitter and to be able to do this. I'm, I'm super excited in so many ways. And the fact that, you know, even though I have some apprehensions about this show, the fact that we'll be able to talk about it makes me so happy. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. Um, all right. So we'll be looking forward to episode three. Um, so you'll be three. Able to find, that's right. You'll be able to find this podcast. I'll try to get it edited and up and out by Monday. Uh, you'll be able to find it on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher. Um, and you'll be able to find the ladies. Go ahead and give your Twitter handles. Uh, Cecily, give your Twitter handles so if people who listen to this want to follow you, they can follow you on there. My Twitter handle is Skeskali. Kind of sounds like my name. It's S-K-E-S-K-A-L-I. All right. Excellent. So she'll be able to find her there. And C. Talene, go ahead and give your Twitter handle so they can find you. I am at C. Talene, C-T-A-L-E-E-N. Excellent. Okay, so you can find her there. You can find me at Brothers Comics, as always. Um, and then I was going to, like, do this on our regular podcast, but I can tell you guys as the first ones to hear it. Um, I live in sort of South Florida. It's not really South Florida, but it's close enough. Um, but next month, or not next month, in July, I'm actually going to be leading two Archie panels at the Florida RetroCon in Fort Lauderdale. Um, I'm doing an Archie cool. panel on classic Archie. Um, uh, on Saturday, and then on Sunday, I'm going to be doing a panel on ret- on uh, the new Archie, like the Mark Wade book, or the Mark Wades and all the other books that have come out recently. So I I just got the little approval notice in the mail the other day, and I was like, ooh, sweet. I'm very happy about that. This will be the third Archie panel that I've led. I led one in Atlanta not that much long ago, so I'm, uh, I'm very excited about that. And I had a chance to meet, like, Archie fans, which is always, always, because it's like, 
<laughs> Archie is like a dirty little secret sometimes. People <laughs> come up to you and they're like, hey, yeah, you know, even especially dudes like do not want to commit to the fact that they read Archie. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean I've been reading Archie since whatever, you know. I'm like, oh, cool, man. Don't don't be ashamed. Of, let that flag fly, bro. Just let it fly. You know, the, it's the all main, when I, I, I came out of the closet as being an Archie um, fan because of Chasing Amy. And that scene oh, okay. with, uh, yeah, the scene with, uh, with, with Brody uh, with and, yeah. yeah, and Brody. Yeah, and Brody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, Cecily, you, you are speaking my language. Uh, Chasing Amy is by far my freaking favorite Kevin Smith movie, by far. Thank um, you. Oh, my gosh. And he's actually going to be at some con that I'm trying to get press for for, for Brothers Comics. Uh, and I went to... Um, since about a year ago now, a little over a year ago, I went to Red Bank, New Jersey, and I went to the Quick Stop, and I went to the um, uh, to his comic book store or whatever, and I met Walt Flanagan, and it was just like <laughs> the greatest freaking moment, like of all. I mean, I was just freaking out, and but yeah, him and Jason Mewes are going to be at some con that I'm supposed I'm trying to get press for here coming up soon, so I'm really trying okay. to work that out. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's been crazy. up here a lot directing uh, Flash and Supergirl episodes. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm huge. That, well, the old Kevin Smith thing, not as much as the newer movies, but the old stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, I love Chase and Amy. Oh, what a passion. Cool. So, again, yeah, so we'll wrap up this podcast of Pretty Little Riverdale. Um, again, you can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Um, like, follow, um, share. Do whatever you can to get the out there, and we will definitely be on the live tweets. The three of us um, using um, the chocolate shop that the at chocolate shops uh, hashtag chocolate shop during the Riverdale show on Thursday. So I'm going to, as the producer of this podcast, going to wrap it up. Cecily, say uh, good night to everybody. Good night. Go Falcons. Yes, right. Go Falcons. All right, it's Celine. Say goodbye to everybody. All right. Good night. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, and we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye.